This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be taking an inside look at some of the A's top picks from the 2021 draft. We'll be getting the inside scoop from A's area scouts Trip Falk and Neil Avent. They were the guys who scouted the A's second round and third round picks, as well as their 13th and 14th round picks in this year's draft. First, we talked with Trip Falk and got his insights on second round pick Zach Geloff and 13th round pick Aaron Holiday. Hey, thanks for joining us today, Trip. No problem. Thanks for having me. So now you're the A's area scout for Virginia, I know, but I think you've also got some other territory. I think West Virginia, Maryland, Delaware. Is, is that right? Is that all your territory? Yes, I also have uh, D.C. as well. Okay, all right, so that's quite a, quite a bit of ground to cover there. How long have you been an area scout for the A's, and who are some of the guys you've scouted that, uh, that have been drafted by the A's in recent years? So this is my fourth draft. I started in the uh, fall of 2017. Um, I got uh, Bryce Nightingale. I drafted him in, uh, in 18, 2018. Um, he was a weekend starter for George Mason. Um, he is now in uh, Lansing High A. Um, I also uh, I drafted uh, Elvis Peralta, who's also in Lansing, who kind of plays all over. He's from Marshall University. I actually went to Marshall, so that was pretty cool to get a guy that I actually went to college and, and have a relationship <laughs> with the coaching staff. Um, and then uh, Jack Cushing uh, is a starter in Lansing as well. He actually relieved last night. Um, he was a weekend starter for Georgetown, actually, the career strikeout leader at Georgetown. Um, and... Uh, DJ Lee uh, is a an outfielder from Richmond, who I also got, um, I believe, in the 2019 draft. A lot of your guys are there at the Lansing this year and performing well, so it'll be interesting to see how they develop over the coming years. But today we really wanted to talk to you about this year's draft because a couple of the guys you scouted were taken by the A's. One was their second-round pick this year, uh, third baseman Jack Geloff out of Virginia, and then also their 13th-round pick, uh, right-hander uh, Aaron Holiday out of Old Dominion. But let's talk about Jack Geloff first. Uh, as a second-round pick, obviously the A's thought very highly of him, and I'm and I'm sure you did too. He seems like a third baseman with a lot of offensive potential. Yeah. So Zach was um, he was he was really fun to watch. I've actually uh, known about him for uh, four years now. I my first year with the A's in 2018, he was a senior at Cape Penelope in, in Delaware, and so I got to see him play in high school, uh, watch him develop over the years. Saw his freshman year at UVA. Um, obviously, his shortened COVID season. Uh, 
sophomore year at UVA as well, and then this past year. Um, so I've I've had a lot of um, a lot of time to watch him grow and develop into what he is today. He is he's a tooled up player. He's he's got all five tools basically: uh, run, hit, throw, hit, um, field, and um, you know the basic tools basically to really get it done in the in the future and, and look to me like a, a big leaguer down the road. Um, his body is he's like six three, all of two ten. Uh, can really run for his size, uh, which that's that's a plus, obviously. Um, but yeah, so we're excited about basically, you know, a guy of his features that um, that has the tools as well. So excited about him, and um, and Aaron's another guy who um, kind of jumped on the scene a little bit this year. He's a relief pitcher from Old Dominion, and uh, he's been up to uh, 199 indoors in the off season. So he's got arm strength, can really throw it. Um, and also showed you like a slurpy curveball as well, and and can place it down in down in the zone. So we're excited about him as well. Um, he's also from Delaware, so they're both originally from Delaware, <laughs> and they played against each other in high school, and uh, they actually played together growing up a little bit as well. I believe Zach Dead um, was a coach on that team, so it's pretty cool to get you know two guys that have a relationship with each other um, that are also pretty. Um, pretty good baseball players that have the potential to be big leaguers. Now, if I'm correct about right-hander Aaron Holiday, I think he primarily threw out of the bullpen for Old Dominion. Is that right? Correct, yep. And I know he had some pretty big strikeout numbers there, so he's obviously got some good stuff. But it looked like he also was known to walk a few guys, too. So is he one of those hard-throwing guys who can really fool batters but is, isn't necessarily certain where it's going all the time? Sure. I mean, he could be effectively wild at times, um, which, you know, works at the college level. Um, you know, his ceiling, he has not reached his ceiling yet, you know, with his command. And, you know, he he knows that and he will continue to get better. And that's why he, it's cool to, to get a guy like that that already has the stuff that really hasn't panned out um, to an extent to what he can be. So that's kind of like, you know, what you're looking at and, and is excited about by uh, by just looking at those numbers. It looks like you know, yeah, sure, he walks a guy every now and then, but, you know, you look at the strikeout numbers, it's almost double the amount of innings. Um, so he does have the stuff. It's just when it all clicks and comes together, it's, it's definitely going to be something fun to watch. Right. Well, that's what the development staff is for, right? <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> that's why you got Gil Patterson on the job. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all up to Gil. <laughs> so I'm assuming that, Aaron Holiday's being projected to stay as a reliever. Is that correct, or have you had much to talk, discussion about that? No, we haven't even. That's that's kind of out of my hands, but that's what he basically did um, for the most part at ODU. That's kind of what his, his stuff projects to do uh, is to release. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Now, going back to Zach Geloff, the second-round pick again, like you said, he's a big guy. I think he's 6'3", but he does have an interesting combination of power and speed. I know he's shown a little more power lately, and Eric Kubota told me he thought there was a lot of untapped power still in there. But again, for a big guy, he's also shown a lot of athleticism, and he's he actually has pretty good speed for a guy his size, doesn't he? Yes, so this is a guy that actually played soccer in high school as well and still had that size. Um, he was a defender in high school, but also was allowed to kind of go across the field and score goals. I think his dad told me he scored around 70 career goals in soccer. So he's athletic and his feet work. And for a big guy, 
um, that's 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 massive. That's awesome. That's great. So especially at the third base position. Um, so yeah, he can uh, show you some power with the bat and also steal bags and get down the line pretty well for his size. Now it's interesting because he is a third baseman. I know some people had, you know, a lot of people actually had talked about. Well, he might eventually end up in a corner outfield position. But when I talked to scouting director Eric Kubota the other day, he said with his speed and athleticism, he could even envision him playing center field at some point. Yeah, so it's kind of also like a guy for us now, Mark Hanna. Um, you know, I think you probably try Zach at third base and then you know see if it if it doesn't work out move to the outfield with his athletic ability um, just because he uh, he can really run, like you said, and um, has a knack for, for the ball defensively. So, yeah, either way, you know, I think his bat will always play um, defensively. You know, it really doesn't matter where he's at. He's always going to succeed defensively as well. Yeah, well, he certainly seems to be a, a, a pretty promising uh, young player with, again, a lot of offensive potential. So just on a personal level, how exciting was it for you to know that the guy you've been watching and had your eyes on and following for uh, quite a while was, was going to be the number two pick of the A's in this year's draft? Oh, man, it was awesome. Um, Zach was number one on my list this year, so it was really cool to get, you know, your favorite guy. And I don't think that often happens with scouts getting, you know, their number one guy on their list. Um, you know, and he, he was number one over guys that, you know, some of them might have went in front of him. But, you know, I, I always enjoyed watching Zach and knew that his tools uh, graded out pretty good. And, and, you know, to me, he's a future big leaguer lock. Like this guy's he's got what you're looking for, um, you know, uh, just scouting wise. It's kind of what I've been taught to uh, to envision as a big leaguer. <laughs> yeah, he seems like uh, uh, the kind of guy a lot of scouts could fall in love with. And uh, <laughs> fortunately, yeah. uh, fortunately, you did, and he was available when it was the A's turn to pick. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out uh, to talk with us today, Trip, and give us some insight on Zach Geloff and uh, Aaron Holiday. I know uh, A's fans will be looking forward to watching the both of them develop here in the in the coming days. So thanks again. Thanks for having me. Stay tuned for more on our A's Farm podcast coming right up. Neil Avent covers both North and South Carolina for the A's. He's scouted a number of the team's top picks, including Logan Davidson and Austin Beck. And this year, he recommended right-handed pitcher Mason Miller out of Gardner-Webb University, whom the A's took with their third-round pick, as well as outfielder Johnny Butler out of North Carolina State, whom the team took in the 14th round. And we took the chance to get Neil's insights on both players. Hey, thanks for joining us today, Neil. Good to be here. So now your territory covers uh, North and South Carolina, right? Uh, yes, sir. Covering both the Carolinas, this is probably my probably my, my fifth or sixth year just doing those two states. Yeah, I think before that you had uh, Virginia as well. Is that right? Virginia and West Virginia. And some time ago, probably when I guess first started, I had uh, uh, Maryland as well. So the two states, North and South Carolina, keep me plenty busy. Yeah, no, there's plenty of big schools there. And as we know, you've had plenty of your guys you've scouted, uh, you know, have been drafted by the A's. I mean, you've had a couple of recent uh, number one picks by the A's. Logan Davidson in 2019 was one of your guys. And then Austin Beck before that as well. And then uh, I think uh, Sky Bolt uh, was one of your guys. And, and Chad Pinder as well, who's currently with the A's. And even even going back to Sean Doolittle, I think he was someone you scouted as well, right? Yes. Yeah, all those guys. I always remind people it's 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 our guys they just happen to come from my area um 
because a lot of a lot of work from a lot of people goes into to selecting those players and and I was just the I guess the beneficiary and the fortunate one to to have them in my area. Well, uh, well but all those guys are those kids are awesome. All of those kids um have been uh have represented the Oakland A's very well and and very proud to have my name even associated with those kids. Well, fortunately, you're uh, you're working in some uh, fertile terrain there in the Carolinas, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, before I we talk about your picks in this year's draft, uh, how great was it just to be back out there watching ball games in person again this year after you know all the craziness of of the previous year? Well, the to be very honest, I mean, uh, last year 2020 was very difficult for for everyone. Uh, and from a scouting perspective, uh, we were, you know, kind of put in a situation where we were unable to really get out and see a lot of these kids, uh, you know, whether they were high school kids or college guys, uh, we were <clears throat> kind of halted uh, in in our ability to kind of go and uh, assess where these guys were. And uh, fortunately, uh, as the fall came in, we were able to get back out and see some of these guys and and start to to try to accumulate some at bats or some innings uh, with the with the hitters and pitchers and see some of the high school kids as well. So we had a little bit of a uh, caught a little bit of a break as as things got a little bit better. And, but I can tell you that you know across the industry, uh, it was very difficult. Uh, and, you know, we were very excited to be able to get the opportunity to just go out and be at the yard uh, right. to see those kids play. And it was, it, it, I mean, most of us for, for what we do, uh, that is, that is our friendship group, not just our work group. And, uh, to be able to be out and be around those guys was, uh, very therapeutic for all of us. Right, and as we know, a lot of a lot of scouts were furloughed last year as well, which didn't make things any easier. But it's good that all you guys are back in action and doing the thing you do. Now, uh, in this year's draft, uh, a couple of the guys you scouted and uh, had a chance to see plenty of, I'm sure, were the A's third round pick, uh, right-hander Mason Miller, and out of uh, Gardner Webb, and then their 14th round pick, outfielder Johnny Butler, uh, also known as Johnny Barrels, out of uh, North Carolina State. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you about those two guys today. But first of all, let's start with the third round pick, Mason Miller out of Gardner Webb. He seems like a, a pretty promising young arm who, you know, has kind of an interesting backstory, I know as well. But can you tell us a little bit about what, what you've seen out of Mason Miller and what kind of uh, lit up your radar about him? Well, uh, Mason's obviously uh, somebody that attracted a lot of attention once he moved down here uh, and transferred uh, from Waynesburg, uh, which was a D3 school up in Pennsylvania, and um, came down to Gardner-Webb. And so our first real look at him for the area guys here <clears throat> was in the fall, uh, scout day uh, to be specific. Uh, fortunately for me, uh, Matt Higginson, who was our area guy up in Pennsylvania, had had the opportunity to see uh, Mason throw uh, the spring prior uh, in the COVID-shortened year and uh, really liked him. Uh, and he was actually somebody that we talked about 
uh, some in the uh, for the draft for 2020. Uh, and so we knew, <clears throat> and at least Matt knew, and uh, some of our cross checkers and, and Eric Kubota knew uh, knew the name and uh, somebody that, like I said, we did talk about. So, but my first look at him in the fall <clears throat> was at Scout Day, and he was very impressive. I mean, you're talking about probably most of the 30 clubs are there as they set up these Scout Days, and and uh, he threw and and was uh, obviously showed quite a bit of velocity and was somebody that we really didn't have any kind of track record on and had not seen. So immediately he jumps on the everyone's radar. Uh, <clears throat> and as the winter went through and then we're trying to set schedules for the full, uh, spring, uh, he was he was my target. That was uh, where I went opening day for mm-hmm. Division One, And I got a matchup with uh, Gardner-Webb and Wofford. Uh, where I had two arms that I that I really uh, liked, uh, Mason being the, the starter for Gardner-Webb and a young man named Hayes Heineke, who was a lefty that pitched at Wofford. Uh, and so that was my first game right out of the gate. Uh, it kind of shows you what I thought of Mason anyway. Um, and he was somebody that I really wanted to get as many looks at as possible. But uh, his, like you said, his backstory is very interesting. Obviously, he would had been at Waynesburg for uh, for four years and and he had uh was diagnosed with uh type one diabetes when he was I guess two thousand eighteen. Uh and at that time he was a much thinner kid, uh was having trouble holding weight and once they got that diagnosis and were able to begin treating it, he began to gain weight, started throwing a little harder, was able to gained some more strength and, and velocity. And uh, he basically, once he got through that shortened year, that t- 2020, he had the ab- ability to transfer somewhere. So he comes south. And like I said, we got a look at him. He was uh, outstanding. Uh, kids out there throwing 96, 97, 98. Uh, and, and, uh, so we're all excited, and and uh, he continued to get better uh, into the spring and <clears throat> had an outstanding spring for Jim Chester o- over there at Gardner-Webb and, and uh, was somebody that was uh, highly scouted throughout, you know, the industry from, from my perspective, you know, with the scouts here in the Carolinas. We got a lot of looks at him, you know, throughout the year, and uh, he was impressive really wire to wire. And, you know, just showed the ability to not only give you velocity, but hold it. And uh, secondary stuff continued to get better. Uh, he's a bright kid, and um, I think he's going to continue to get better. So we're very, very excited, obviously, to have him. Yeah, he was the A's the top pick in this year's draft. They only took two pitchers in the first ten rounds, and he was the first one going in the third round. Now he he's he's a pretty tall guy. I think he's six five maybe. And uh, I guess when he when he added that weight after the diabetes uh, diagnosis, that really you know helped him fill out, and I guess really increased his velocity, which then put him on the map for a lot of people. I think Eric Kubota told me that he'd been clocked as high as ninety nine miles an hour at, at one point. Can you talk a little bit about his his repertoire, though? What what else does he throw? 
He's a <clears throat> fastball uh, slider change. Um, and in the fall, he uh, he was also mixing in uh, a hard cutter. And uh, as the spring started, uh, he was using that breaking ball. It was, it was kind of a slurvy, more of a slurvy breaker. Uh, and he would every so often show you that cutter that was a 88 to 90 mile an hour pitch. Um, and then really they started to kind of marry each other. And, you know, the breaking balls kind of merged a little bit. And uh, I think what you're going to eventually get from him is a really, really good slider, a true slider with uh, some velocity. Uh, he's shown the ability to use that cutter uh, in the past. And, and as a scout, you're just trying to, you're trying to project. And what I was seeing was, you know, a nice cutter and a, a slider, a, a slurvy breaking ball that had a chance to turn into something else. So I thought that, you know, if those two pitches could marry each other, eventually we were going to have a good breaking ball, uh, a really a power arm breaking ball that would complement the fastball very well. And he has, uh, he has some feel to pitch. Uh, he throws a lot of strikes. Uh, so the changeup is a pitch that, he can use and it's uh has a chance to be an average pitch for him and it's something to keep hitters off the uh off the fastball and something that he can use to those left-handed hitters as well but he throws a ton of strikes uh he's down in the zone quite a bit um and uh you know his ability to command the fastball uh, will only serve to help him as he moves forward. I mean, uh, you know, the, the development of the secondary pitches are going to be, you know, whether to tell whether or not he ends up being able to pitch as a starter or a reliever. Uh, with someone with that kind of velocity, a lot of times they you may see those guys end up in the pen. But the neat thing about Mason is that he's able to hold velocity deep into games. Um, I've seen him, you know, in – sixth, seventh inning, still throwing 96, 97, uh, which is fairly rare uh, for a kid to be able to hold that kind of velocity for that length of time But uh, at the college level. But he has. And uh, so, you know, the, the, the role, I would imagine, is to be determined. But obviously I have a lot of, of faith in, in, in uh, our player development people and, and Gil Patterson does a fantastic job with our guys and uh, you know, they'll get him in the role that, you know, best suits him, but I think he could probably do either. Yeah. I know some people have talked about him maybe profiling better as uh, as a reliever, but uh, wherever he pitches, he certainly has shown the ability to, uh, to strike out guys. I think he had 121 strikeouts in 92 or 93 innings last year. So obviously he's missing yeah. plenty, plenty of bats there. Do you have a comp to offer on him? Is there anyone he, uh, he reminded you of at all? Uh, it's hard to say. I, I know Billy Owens threw out a Nathan Nivaldi comp on him. Uh, the, um, uh, it's hard for me to say he's, he's, he's just a kid that we'd seen so little of, um, coming into the year that, uh, a lot of times we see these guys for long lengths of time and we've already put a, a moniker on, right. uh, but for me, he was just, 
he was just Mason Miller, and it was that <laughs> was, and you were just you were trying to make your way over to Boiling Springs <laughs> to make sure you got a look at him. Uh, so, uh, but he's a neat kid, and he's he's a bright young man. Uh, I think this kid's got a really really bright future ahead of him. Uh, and like I said before, we're very very excited to have this kid in the organization. Well, now also, uh, one of your guys you scouted the A's took in the 14th round, uh, outfielder Johnny Butler out of North Carolina State. Uh, he's a left-handed hitting, primarily left fielder, it looks like he's played mostly. Can you just briefly tell me a little bit about Johnny Butler and uh, what uh, what A's fans should know about him? Uh, <clears throat> Johnny Butler is is uh, was part of that NC State team that, you know, made a, a deep run into in down into Omaha and had some unfortunate uh, things happen once they got there, uh, but uh, was part of a very very uh, veteran ball club and uh, that had a, a lot of success from about the midway point of the season all the way through into uh, uh, into June. So um, he has played left field. He's played some center field as well. Uh, he is a, uh, for lack of a better way to explain it, he's a throwback type player. Uh, the, he's uh, from just outside of Chicago. He's a Midwest kid, uh, plays the game. He's kind of an old school throwback guy, um, plays the game extremely hard and with a great deal of, of energy. Uh, he runs well. He's an above average runner. He's an above average defender. Um, and, he was uh, had an outstanding year offensively. He led the ACC in hitting uh, for the season and uh, uh, really, really is starting to kind of come on, come into his own, I think, uh, as a player. And uh, he was one of the, the main cogs in that, that NC State uh, machine that they had rolling at a pretty good click uh, when they got to Omaha. So uh, I've seen a lot of him. Over the last few years, uh, NC State obviously is a a club that you know we see quite a bit, right? Uh, and they had a good number of of uh, position players that we were uh, getting to watch during the course of this spring. And uh, my cousin actually coaches over there, um, <laughs> and uh, so I have a I, I do have a I feel very fortunate, you know, and and I think a lot of the scouts would say the same thing that we're we're a fairly close knit group here in the Carolinas. We have a great deal of of uh, respect for the college coaches. We we have a number of us had coached in college. We're good friends with these guys, so we do get a lot of good information. And uh, I don't know that there's uh, there's many people uh, that would have anything uh, but positive things to say about Johnny Butler and the way he plays the game. He's a he's a great young man. Um, one of my favorite players I had in the entire draft, to be quite honest, and and uh, feel very fortunate to have gotten him um, uh, into in, into the fold here for Oakland. 
Well, it looks like he's uh, already got quite a fan club at uh, North Carolina State, too, from what I can tell online. So uh, he'll be another one uh, worth watching for uh, A's fans as he develops. Uh, could be an interesting hitter added to the A's system, along with pitcher Mason Miller, who uh, should be a, a fun power arm to watch uh, develop as well. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, to talk to us today, Neil, and, and clue us in. Give us the uh, inside scoop on some of these guys. I hope you survived the draft today. <laughs> I hope everything continues to go smoothly this year and you continue to go to ball games on a regular basis like you used to and nothing happens to uh, to disrupt things like uh, like it did last year. <laughs> Absolutely. I I we'll keep our fingers crossed. We're we're hopefully we're we're uh we're going in the right direction and and like I said we're excited to to have those guys uh, and uh, looking forward to seeing them in white spikes and and uh, see how they uh, how they grow up and mature. Great. Well, so are we, and we look forward to talking to you again uh, about next year's draft as well. So thanks again for joining us today, Neil. Thank you, Bill. Take care. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.